Today, the Lucky Few podcast is sponsored by Little Passports. Little Passports is the perfect holiday gift for that curious kid on your list. With a subscription to Little Passports, kids get a fun-filled package each month designed to inspire their curiosity in geography, world, cultures, or science. For kids of all ages, find special holiday offers and order today at littlepassports.com slash lucky. friends, welcome to the Lucky Few podcast, where we are shifting the narrative by shouting the worth of people with Down syndrome. This is Heather, Mercedes, and Micah. And today, we are coming at you live from the Dear Mom Conference in Orem, Utah. So we have spent the day today hearing from such inspiring people in the Down syndrome community. It has been such a great day. There's so much to learn from each other. There's so much to dream about for our future, for the future of our children. And that's exactly what we want to talk about today. Um, how have we grown and how have we changed because of our loved one who has Down syndrome and how we're shooting forward as advocates and mama warriors and dreamers and in this episode today, we are going to be looking back and moving upwards. So friends, welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast live. You can cheer again. <laughs> so we're here, Dear Mom Conference. Um, Amy Mercedes of the Dear Mom Conference. This has been a dream. Yay. Thank you guys for Beautiful. having us. This is so fun to get to do our first live event here with this, with this conference. Thank you for that. Um, have you guys in the audience been having a great time? Okay. Good. Someone's just okay out there. Like, okay. But. And, and listeners, in case you don't know this, not only is Mercedes part of this podcast and raising three humans under the age of five, but she is also um, throwing together these gorgeous conferences with our friend Amy M Radio. I said it right. Yes. Um, and you know what? What I am, what we're all hoping to do here is talk about um, just today and our biggest takeaways. Um, but first, Mercedes, would you share a little bit with us about um, how Dear Mom began and um, yeah. yours and Amy's vision? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so Amy and I were on a trip to look to the Lucky Mamas retreat, and we. Um, we're bringing our youngest with us. Um, they were both babies, and um, it was kind of hard for us to make the trip, but we made it happen because we have awesome husbands. Um, but in that time on the flight over, we're like, well, if we weren't going to be able to make this, it would have been cool to have like a one-day thing. And um, that conversation just kept going, and um, it, it turned into Dear Mom Conference, where it was a day... Um, that sometimes it's easier just to get away for one day. If you can't even, if you can't do a weekend, just one day um, to come, be with friends, um, get inspired, get rejuvenated, um, get amped um, to continue well and feel like you're on a team 
um, this journey of raising a child with Down syndrome and how special it is and just to be in a room um, by other moms and feel known, feel like your journey is known. And um, I don't know, there's just something special about that. Like just even looking over this audience, we all have a common um, Den denominator, com yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 denominator, a math, common yeah. math wizard, <laughs> and um, that's really special. And it's lovely, and it's it's just great to be amongst other women who know you and who know your journey. And um, and dear mom, dear, dear mom, mom came about. Dear yeah. mom, and we've learned a lot today. And I want before we get into the rest of our episode, what's your biggest takeaway, ladies? What's been a a gem, a little jewel oh, that boy. stuck out? amidst all of the jewels. I think there's something that Oakley said, and then Terry Brown reiterated it, um, just thinking about how we all have different journeys, and it's so easy, um, and it's easy for me, because our, our kid with Down syndrome doesn't fit the mold, to start looking at all the other kids with Down syndrome and, and find our comparison there, and um, either make ourselves feel better because ours is, is you know, doing this one thing that others aren't doing or make ourselves feel terrible because of what our kids are not accomplishing yet. And just that reminder of, um, like, this is, this is my own child's journey, mm -hmm. and um, I get to live in that story. And, and, yeah, that comparison is the thief of joy. That reminder is always so important. Um, my biggest takeaway um, has just been this continual uh, um, reminder of the importance of story and telling your story and sharing, um, even if you think it's a small story, just sharing, and that there's community when we share our stories. Yeah. Love I loved this morning, Junko, so a woman named Junko spoke and shared her story, and her son with Down syndrome is 19. And I have found, as someone who is with this goal of shifting the narrative and being a shouter of worth, um, there's a lot of people in the social media world who have little kids. Like, if you scroll through, down, hashtag Down syndrome. So there's like the cutest babies and toddlers ever, and then occasionally a teenager, maybe an adult. And I think we can forget, um, we didn't start this, right? Junko shared the most beautiful story. And, I want to honor her and the work that she's done for everybody in this room, even not e maybe not even recognizing that she was doing that for us. And as people on this journey, um, people will say to me things like, you're such a trailblazer, and just Junko is such a reminder that, no, 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 this, people have been on this trail for a very long time, and we just happen to have a tool called social media that wasn't around before that's powerful in shouting worth and in shifting narratives and perspectives. Mm -hmm. Um, but just honoring everyone who's come before us. We are, we are not starting something new. We get the privilege of, of going on the same trail that people have blazed for us. Our kids have incredible advantages because of the people who come before us. So for everyone in the room who has an adult child with Down syndrome, we applaud you and thank you and honor you. And I think that transitions into our theme for today, where we're talking about looking back and shooting upward. And, and I, when I think about what it means to, to look behind us and shoot, not just forward, but up, um, I think about the Lucky Few tattoo. Um, anybody out there have a Lucky Few tattoo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, this, 
this idea that, that it's our challenges that pull us back, um, but that, that energy, that power that comes from the challenge is what's shooting us forward, shooting us upward. We have to, we can't have one without the other. Mm -hmm. To know joy, love, and true happiness, you gotta kind of experience challenges, pain, and difficulties. Do you have the tattoo, Mercedes? I do not. <laughs> Anybody who doesn't have the tattoo, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I don't it's know if it's if a you worthy thing, but I like positive I peer pressure. But I love we, the tattoo with all my heart. And we love you with all our hearts. I just like to give Mercedes a hard time about the tattoo. It's totally fine to not have the tattoo, you guys. Thank you. We're going with it. Judge, we're judging except um, except for that. And the tattoo, it was one month ago of last, or one year ago, one month, one year ago, October of last year where it just, a handful of us got a tattoo thinking that was that. And then it turned into this incredible tool that's been used to even more so bind our community together. And the three arrows, aside from a tattoo even, Lord have mercy, have you seen anything Down syndrome related without three arrows on it? It's just become this incredible tool. And so that started at um, Lucky Mama's retreat in Austin, Texas. There's a couple of the OGs in the house from that retreat, which is exciting. and. One, and I've had the privilege and the honor, one of my favorite things to do for my job, I guess really, is to be with all of you and to get to know people and hear stories and encourage one another. And I've done this writing exercise the two different years we've had this retreat um, where we have taken time to look back and ask ourselves questions of, to our former selves. So the questions that we didn't have answers to when we first got that diagnosis. Personally, I adopted my kids, but there was still fear there. It wasn't my intention the first time around, and there was a lot of unknown. I mean, all the way up to, will she live? Like, is Mason gonna live? I didn't know the answer to that question when I adopted her, and doctors were doubtful. And I just didn't know so many things, and now having, so that, that, that tension of being pulled back. And then, now being on the other side of it, which we all get to another side in one way or another, mm -hmm. um, seeing how I've moved forward in such powerful ways. So, I think I'm gonna read my letter now. I love it. Yeah. Heather, okay. Did you read yeah. your letter? Thank yeah. you. Read your so, letter. <laughs> we, so each of us have written a letter. That's what we're gonna to do today. We're, to look backwards, we've asked ourselves, what do we wish we knew? Um, what is something that we wish we knew when we first got our diagnosis, or we first found out about our child who we were adopting or having naturally with Down syndrome, um, the, question, the unanswered questions, and then where we are now. So I'm gonna read a letter that I wrote to myself, my 20, six-year-old self, which is how old I was when I found out about Mason, my daughter, and maybe we'll cry or not. We're going to find out. <laughs> Have a couple and I'm of napkins. Go today. We got, a nap we got one napkin to share. Two, two <laughs> napkins for the three of us. <laughs> no blowing noses. No blowing. Only tears. It's okay. Okay, friends, here we go. Dear 26-year-old Heather, you are feeling afraid because the child you are about to bring home to be yours is sick and you do not know how long she will live and you do not know if you can do it and you never saw yourself as a mother to a child with Down syndrome. But let me tell you, you are about to embark on a journey that will become the gift of your life. And girl, you are stronger than you could ever imagine. Mason is going to come home and she is going to need you she is very sick, and the hours you'll spend in a hospital and in doctor's offices is more than you can count. You will learn more medical terms than you care to know, 
It will be a lot, and guess what? You will do it well. And that sick baby girl, this is the pause for crying, you're so afraid of saying yes to, she will be okay. You will be okay. In fact, you will be better than you could ever have dreamed. You will have a front row seat to miracles. You will watch your daughter grow and overcome. She will be totally and completely healthy. A healthy heart, strong lungs, free of supplemental oxygen and medications. She will be so healthy, in fact, that over the years, you'll forget to schedule her annual wellness checkups. And her pediatrician will scold you for waiting so long to bring her in, only to tell you she is healthy and strong, and she'll see you in a year. Yes, Mason's health will be resolved, but you will soon learn that the world is still not a place where she is embraced. And you will see how foolish the world is, and you will become a kick-ass advocate. Your love for Mason will catapult you into places you never intended to step, and you will stand in rooms with a few people on a stage, or on a stage in front of thousands, shouting her worth for all the world to hear. She will be your game changer, opening up your heart to, the, to two more kids who will join your family through adoption. She will connect you with people from all around the world who will become your dear and lifelong friends. She will open your eyes to the true meaning of life. Heather, you are so worried about that extra chromosome and that broken heart and those weak lungs, but be of good cheer, for these will be the very things that will change your world, the very things that will change the world. So say yes to that little girl. And feel all the feelings you need to feel, and cry all the tears you need to cry. And hold on tight, because even as I write this, I know you're just getting started. Love, 36-year-old Heather. You can clap if you want. Don't worry, listeners, we got some more napkins. <laughs> so that's my letter, guys. I look, I think about 10 years ago, holy smokes, and what I didn't know um, and you can't know what you don't know, yeah. right? Do you think your 26-year-old self would recognize you now? I feel like that's a trick question, because <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, yes and no. I think that, that there'd be things that are very surprising and things that are like, yeah, that makes, that makes sense. I think my 26-year-old self, I've said this before in places, would see a picture of my family and be freaking out. Like, what is happening to my life? Obviously, one of those children does not belong to me because one of my daughters is a different ethnicity than my husband and me. Um, and then two of my kids have Down syndrome. What's happening? And I don't think my 26-year-old self ever knew I could be as strong as I am mm. and step into places that I'm terrified out of my mind to step into with confidence that is tricking everyone in the room. Like, I don't know how I do that. <laughs> and then doing it over and over until the confidence feels real because I know my end goal is to create a world where my kids are fully embraced mm -hmm. and I'll do anything to make that happen. And I don't think 26-year-old Heather knew that. Yeah. I love that, Heather. Um, question, Heather. Oh, yes. <laughs> for me? Yeah. Okay. With, um, I, I just feel like you're such a leader in this advocating space. And um, did you have always that feeling of wanting to be a public speaker or...? being in front of others, and I know you're saying that's the confidence that you're kind of right. feeling like you're like, 
No, I'm pushing through not having the confidence. So, but I mean, I feel like that would probably be really shocking to then the 26-year-old Heather. Yeah, I think that um, it's definitely become more than I ever anticipated it would be. I can look back at even my childhood and see glimmers of justice. I've always been very justice-oriented, and I like my heart broke for a hurting animal or when I was very young. I prayed for the children in Ethiopia who were starving, and my parents were like, oh, like they never read a book to me. They had no idea where I got that from, and it broke me. So I always had like a justice heart. But I, I think that um, it is when it, when it is your kid, you'll go to the ends of the world for them. And so I have found doors open before me. I've pursued none of it. It's all just opened. And so it, it is just um, being... What's the word when you do something well with what you have? There's a mm. word for it. Stewarding. Mm. I'm stewarding the things I've been given. Yeah. And, that, and I just keep trying to do that. I'm going to keep stepping forward. A door opens. I'm going to step through it because my kids are worth it. And it's hard work, but I'm going to keep doing that. I don't know I if that answers it. your question a little. No, I love it. I love it. Thanks, girl. Um, I'll read mine. I want you to read yeah, yours. Read okay. Mercedes. I'll read mine. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> here I go. Dear Past Mercedes, you are diving into this motherhood journey through the way of adoption head first, joyful, unafraid, and excited. Don't lose that, Mercedes. Hold on to your joy. Hold on to the peace you had from God the entire adoption journey. Pace yourself, girlfriend. Don't try and do this job of parenting a child with Down syndrome perfectly. Worry less, research less, and watch more. Just love on her more. Sunflower is pure magic. She is healthy, an excellent sleeper, a terrific eater, and an absolute joy around others. Mama, you are doing an excellent job. One little thing, though. Loosen up a bit. Um, trust other people you know and love a little more. Trust them and let them babysit Sunflower so you and Andy can have more date nights. You should even go away, just the two of you, for a couple of nights. Please trust me when I say this, she's going to be your easiest baby. And it's easier to leave one baby for a couple nights than it is three. Okay, this is advice, everybody. Pause in the letter. Uh, so go with Andy and live it up. LOL. Sunflower will be okay, and God is still with her, watching over her and protecting her. Sunflower has a joy joyful fire in her heart and a spirit that won't give up. Sunflower will walk, run, jump, dance, eat independently, connect with her siblings, and communicate. Sunflower will communicate her love for you, Mama. Speech will be difficult for Sunny, but that's okay. She is strong and able. Speech will come. Don't cry. You two will have a strong and steady love for each other. Your love will be mutual. There will be no doubt you are her mom, and she is your daughter. You are the perfect mom for Sunflower, even when you're late to therapies, forget a doctor's appointment, or choose taking a nap instead of doing in-home therapies. You are still the perfect mom for Sunflower. Keep up the faith, the energy, and the trust. Love always, future Mercedes. I love how you open that up with adoption and the joy, like the going the head first with hope and joy, and then I think it's so easy to lose sight of that. In parenting, do you find that? Yeah, in the hard days and the mundane and the just um, the busyness of raising the little ones, raising the little ones in the midst of the 
um, extra things like sickness or... They're so needy. Uh, oh my gosh. Like very needy. They're needy. The needy. And you have to potty train them. All the potty training. Like Lord, things that making humans all the need. Food. It's a lot. So much food. But <laughs> Three meals a day. Choose oh. joy. <laughs> well, and I think that there's like... there's. I think every mom, adoptive or bio, has that feeling sometimes like you you must not be the right person for your kid. Like there must be somebody else who could do this better than you. And um, I'm just really grateful you spoke to that, Mercedes, because I think that um, like you, with all your strengths and weaknesses, or I would not call taking a nap instead of therapy a weakness. <laughs> I would call that wholehearted living. Yeah, that's yes. a strength at this point yes. in life. Yes, I'm gonna accept um, that. So, but you are the perfect mother for Sunflower. And I think the more that we can look at ourselves in the mirror and you know, like write it on lipstick in the mirror, you are the perfect mother for, you know, your child. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's what we all need to know. And it is interesting, like, bringing that adoption piece in, because I know Mercedes and I both share that. And with all three of my kids being adopted, that there is another mom. Mm -hmm. And I'm in a space where I don't find that threatening. Mm -hmm. And... And it's that both and. You have to hold them both. That yes, I stand firmly that I am the best mother to raise my children. And that was plan B. Like there was a plan A that didn't happen. I'm getting a little bit into my theology behind adoption. <laughs> um, but that, that those women exist, right? And like Definitely. to be able to honor them in that space. But no, yes, I'm, I am the best for my kids. Or yes, you're the best for Sunflower. Mm -hmm. Although you're not her only mom. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. It's a weird space to be in. But you it's just have to be there. Also, the, the growth and the beauty in adoption, I think. Right. It is that weird space. I don't know. And the weird is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> right? Agreed. 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 Michael, will you read us your letter? It's my turn. Yeah. All right. Dear 35-year-old Micah, it's been a week since your prenatal diagnosis, and you're still trying to find a way out of this. I know. You've read all the studies that say the diagnosis may not be accurate. You've begged God to undo this feeling. The weakness of heart, the crushing of the life vision you'd already constructed. Who your family would be, what you would do. You woke up this morning like you have every day since that phone call from the geneticist. You feel the weight of overwhelm settle on your chest. How do you plan for a future like this? But then you prayed in bed. I remember. You prayed, I receive him, God. I receive my child. That's why I'm proud of you. That's all you needed to do, Micah. The fears, the sadness, the loss of a certain kind of life for your family. Those things can and should be grieved, friend. But the brave ones are those who pray, I receive this. Because those who open their hands to an uncertain future always discover the secret gifts waiting there. I want you to know that the things you're most afraid of right now, how your son with anxiety will survive this upheaval, if your other son will get lost in the intensity of your feelings, if your husband is ready for what this means, here's what will happen. Remember the gifts I mentioned, the secrets you don't expect. Watch your older boys be transformed by loving their brother, Micah. Watch how they soften and trust 
and grow in compassion. They will not be lost in this diagnosis. Their realist selves will actually be found there in relationship with their brother. And your husband, you will discover the tenderest father there in him. He will advocate in ways you never imagined. You'll worry. You'll worry about Ace's growth, his eating, his slow development verbally. I wish I could tell you it gets easier. It doesn't really. I'm still worried. But I want you to know the worrying doesn't have to run your life. There's a couple of cancer scares, and you'll find yourself waiting for blood tests with a calm heart and a brave spirit. That's because God already taught you how to receive the hardest gifts. It wasn't cancer, Micah, but that doesn't mean you aren't still afraid. Of course, as some cheesy movie you once saw long ago said, it's not brave if you're not scared. And that's the truth. You are brave and getting braver. You are leading your family through a wild, magical land you never imagined for any of them. And in that world, the gifts are waiting in the unknown places. And all five of you have seen too much beauty to ever want to go back to the easier path. Just wait and see. Love, 39-year-old Micah. Mm. Love it. Mike, I love how you share about being, being brave and that when you first get these diagnoses or when we do as a community or as individuals, it's so hard to be brave the first time, but then every time you choose bravery, it becomes easier every time. Is that what you found in your experience? Yeah, and I think in, in all of life, right, it's, it feels to me like the simplest acts of bravery are, are the ones that matter the most. You know, like I talk about that prayer and I started waking up every morning at the end of my pregnancy just going, I received my baby. I received my baby. And like that was, that courage builds more courage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, those words even, as you're saying that I receive my baby, I, I feel know. like, oh gosh, this is the cry pause. I feel as though looking forward. So, right, we were looking back and now we're here and we can look back, but now there's a whole forward that I don't know. Yeah. Um, there's a whole future that I don't know. And no matter who Mason is or August is in that future, I receive her and I receive him. And it doesn't matter, right? Like it doesn't matter if they can't do A, B, C, D, or if they never whatever, or if they always whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to receive my kid no matter what because the whole forward from here, a lot of it does feel scary again, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love, Micah, that last sentence, and all five of you have seen too much beauty to ever want to go back to the easier path. Um, there's always beauty, and in that beauty and in that joy, there is hardship, but I feel like we say that, but we, we never really sign up for anything hard but mm -hmm. we're always grateful for the hard that has happened that has brought us to this moment. Mm -hmm. And I do, I just love that because I think that's just gonna, like you said, moving forward, the future, right. there's gonna be hard and we're gonna continue to see beauty. Mm -hmm. It's a promise on both. That's gonna be hard and there's gonna be beauty. Yeah, 
And I feel like in, in society, maybe in America especially, this idea of um, easy, good is easy and hard is bad. And I've learned that hard is not bad, hard is just hard most of the time. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's gonna be hard. And that's not bad. And you, and yeah, and you, you go through one hard thing and find the courage to go through it. And then when you start to look towards the future and feel those fears, you go, oh wait, I was able to like take a deep breath that one time. And I was able to live in the moment and like, like be courageous enough to walk through that. And I can do that again. Mm -hmm. I can do that. I'm throwing this out on you. It's not in our script, everyone. Um, okay. Whoa. <laughs> and it's going, it's going negative, and here we go. What is something that you're afraid of for the future, for your kid? What is Ooh. that thing? And I'll tell you. Okay, you go first. I I'm going first yet. while you brainstorm this. Okay. And I talk often, when I talk about my kids with Down syndrome, I often refer to Mason, my oldest. I think because by the time you've had three kids, and bless a lot of you have a lot more than that, but by the time you've had three kids, it's like, eh, right? In August, I've done it with Mason, and... And I just, there's so many layers there. So I understand that August also has Down syndrome. He is his own individual. And I have fears for his future too. But I'm not talking about Mason today. I, Mason, oh, Mason's gonna listen to this one day. She's gonna be so embarrassed. I'm embarrassing my kids all the time. I'm afraid for Mason starting her period. <laughs> Which I oh, love a little bit. I didn't think about bit. that one. Oh, think about it, girl. Um, <laughs> oh, no. we, are, we are one to two years away, please, dear Jesus in heaven, let it be two years. And I am like, there's no way. A, she's a tiny baby. B, oh my gosh, like what? Whoa. And I, and I know that it is, like there's the logistics of it that can be like, haha, that's a little bit funny, but oh, what are we supposed to do at this point? <laughs> I, oh gosh, that's my fear, really, in the, in the near future. That's a real true one that you've just, put on me now. You, yeah. <laughs> I have a girl too. <laughs> and then it's like, just have boys. That's what you do. You just have boys, but it's too late. We already have girls. <laughs> <laughs> just have boys. Um, a fear I have for the future. Um, uh, so we're in school right now and um, Sunny's just in TK and we're going the fighting for her inclusiveness and mainstream route. Um, the I, the fear I have sometimes is um, when am I going to, is she, I don't know how to describe it, but like, am I going to know when, and maybe you guys can feel this, have felt the same, is mainstream not going to be the best option for her? It's a very confusing thing for me. And right now it is. It's perfectly where she, she's perfectly where she needs to be. But I do, I, I feel like that's gonna be every year. So, and I'm actually uh, not a fighter. I'm shy and I, I'm more of like, oh, okay, you think she should go there, okay. And then I say, well, I don't think so. And then they're like, oh no, she's a pushover. No, this is where she can go. But I have found my voice more. Yes. So, um, and that also makes me afraid. Uh, the, the pressure, not the pressure, the desire, but also the pressure to be that fight for, fighter for Sunny. And I get fearful of missing those opportunities and not doing them well. Um, and then also missing maybe Sunny's cues 
on if I'm fighting for the right thing for what she desires or actually needs. Oh man, That's therapy session call. on that, that one. Is <laughs> Where is the therapist in the house? Bummer. <laughs> but that's a real, it's a real one. Yeah. Yeah. I think mine is a fear that Ace won't find his voice. And I mean that in the sense of, like, he's mostly nonverbal. And um, he's not really that interested in making sounds. And I, I also say that with the, like, the past two weeks have been really big in terms of him. He started humming in the last two weeks. Mm, um, and that. he's always loved music. And I found him like with his keyboard playing the like, that keyboard song, you know, when you can find the button. And, um, and he was like, ah, and like waving his little doll to it. It was awesome. I love that. And, but I think that that, like I've had people say, oh, is he gonna talk? Which, you know, like, FYI world, PS, uh, yeah, PSA. I was like, what is, am I saying the right initials? Public service. PSA. Don't, it's not cool. You don't need to ask if, you're, if somebody's kid's ever going to talk. Um, like, to any listeners out there who, who don't know. But um, I've, had, I've had that asked of me, and, uh, and I can put on a really, like, strong face and go, yeah, he's going to talk. He's... He's just moving a little, he's taking his time. But yeah, he's gonna talk. Um, but I think internally, I'm, I'm really worried about that a lot of the time. I wanna know what, I, I wanna know what he's thinking. I wanna know what he's feeling. I wanted, when I dropped him off for the first day of pre-K for him to come home and like, at least tell me it was good or bad or happy or sad. And he can tell us in other ways, but um, that's my fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So bringing it full circle, let, we can do this again, right? In like a year or two years or 10 years, we're gonna have, to, we're gonna have another letter to write. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Like we have these yeah. fears and I think it's gonna be the same letter. It's gonna be, hey, it's fine, right? Like don't worry, starting yeah. to cry again. Receive your child, Re mm -hmm. you know, don't worry. And that's an exciting thing to think about. That's hopeful, like hold on to that hope Remember where you've come from. Remember how you, far you've gone. And you're still going. Mm -hmm. And it's not all of a sudden just going to be hard and bad. It's going to be hard and good. Hard mm -hmm. and good. And hard. And um, good again. Yeah, thank you guys for sharing that with us. You guys thank are, you, Heather. Oh, you guys. Look, we should hug. We'll hug later. And this is now the only way to transition. And that's what's happening. Um, to Q&A, there was really no good way to make that happen. But that was all right, right, Mercedes? Oh, no, that was perfect. Thanks. Questions. <laughs> We're moving on So we on are in an odd... Okay. okay. Yeah, I love that. We are with a live audience for everyone who's... If you just tuned in. <laughs> and we have people in the audience who have questions. And we're going to answer those questions. And here's the thing we'll recognize before we do that. We don't know anything, really. Not much. And so we will give we're you... We're not experts. We never claim... Not anything. anything. And you guys know that because I have a five-year-old... And I'm always confused about everything. And she forgot that she will start her period. And so I did forget that sunflower will do that. Sometimes I think my kids are exempt from these other right. like human things. I'm like, yes. oh no, my kids oh, no. don't do that. They're not. All of a sudden they're wearing a bra and then you're like, oh, it's happening. Um, so we're going to take some questions and then Mike and Mercedes and I are going to answer them. And again, keep in mind, we have a 10-year-old, a 5-year-old, a 3-year-old. We are learning and you probably know 
more answers, but we have the microphones, and that's the reality of this podcast. <laughs> so go ahead and ask okay. your first question. Thank All you. All right. Thank you guys so much. My name is Rachel Smith. I'm from Salt Lake City. I have a 10-year-old son named Stockton with Down syndrome. My Instagram handle I thought was cool in 2010 is Doggy with an I-E. So um, I thought that was cool. It's not cool, I but think it's, I can't I think change it's really it now. Cool. So, um, I love IE. Who needs With wise? an IE, yes, of course. Um, but I am curious, I feel, and you guys have really spoken well to this already, but I feel like there's this immense responsibility having a child with Down syndrome to help them reach their potential. And that's kind of like been my thought process is, okay, all we got to do is reach his potential. And that's a da-da-da-da-da potential. And it kind of has become a little bit of an obsession. And I just wonder if you had advice on not obsessing about, about that. Okay, I'm gonna, there's some hesitancy, or quiet, I'm just take that, and then you guys take it. Okay, perfect. I think that you have to be cautioning yourself on, on, I have to constantly check myself. Am I wanting my child to reach their potential or the potential I see other kids reaching? And if I go back to their potential, then I can chill out. And, and saying it's okay that this child's doing these things and my child is not yet, or may not, but my child is reaching potential. I really feel like, in my experience, that when I get tripped up is when I get in that comparison mode, and then I start to get obsessive about it. Um, is my child, and, and I feel like depending on how many kids you have, there are lots of days with three kids and two kids, two of my kids have Down syndrome, and we talked about in our last episode how when you have one, a kid with Down, a kid with a different ability is like two kids, and how I constantly feel like I have five kids, and that was such a relief to hear that. Like, yes, that is why I feel like I have five children, because two of my kids are like two kids. But all that to say that at the end of the day, are my kids, did they eat mostly healthy? Check, great. Are they alive? Check, great. We've made some progress. Like I think that some, <laughs> some days that's, you gotta give yourself that, like so much grace. And because the list of things that our kids, um, Down syndrome or not, ourselves even, the list of things that we can reach, our potentials is never ending. It's a trick list. You're never checking everything off. So is your kid doing, is your kid happy, healthy? Maybe not even healthy, right? Like is your kid alive and breathing today? Awesome, we're doing a great job, that's my opinion. Um, just to go off of that, Heather, and actually Terry Brown, because I see her weekly, has become a really great person in my life that's speaking constant positivity. Um, and I have a lot of, I, oh, oh, where'd she go? Well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have a lot. I felt that pressure a lot, and I still do. It comes in waves. But just remembering um, that um, our, I always say our friends, but our children um, with Down syndrome are lifetime, or we're all life learners, right. but um, that their full potential, just like us, it's a lifetime journey. Pace yourself. Um, that there is also amidst um, helping them reach their full potential through the way of therapies um, or different and I just, appointments that you don't want to miss the, the, um, the learning that happens by being just a part of a family, doing things as a family, having time to just play at the park, um, having just moments of reading, that all the little things that you do are 
helping them to reach their full potential. So um, I, I just think it's a constant reminder of what you're doing is enough because you're showing love, you're showing up every day, and um, you're desiring to give your child the most to help them reach their potential. Not just by what are you doing, not the action, but your heart and your love. Find it, remind yourself, remind me. Okay, we'll do it together. <laughs> I, I think there's three words. Surrender, gratitude, and Oh, I lost the other one. Oh, man. Oh, dadgummit. <laughs> Surrender, <laughs> gratitude, and rest. That's what I'm thinking. I feel like the open hands of, like, that, that constant receiving, like we were just talking about, there's, there is helping your child reach their potential, and there is also simultaneously the both end of, like, receiving your child and um, enjoying your child. And the same way that you would want someone to pour into you, like let yourself pour into your child so that you don't want the taskmaster telling you what to do or constantly making you work hard, but you do want the cheerleader in your life. And I think the more that we, like when it comes to anxiety and, and I, you know, have, we can all raise our hands, but we won't, who have an anxiety diagnosis, um, who take a magic pill, I take a magic pill, um, who we all need to live in a place of surrender and gratitude because that gratitude is the opposite of fear. And the more that we can live there, the more that we can practice gratitude, the more we find courage to rest. Mm. And I think it is a courageous thing in our culture, in, in our, this, the pace that we're told to live at, which is just hurry, 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 and make your kids hurry, and you're running out of time, and maybe your kid's not gonna figure this out if you don't work harder. And we can learn from our kids with Down syndrome who are teachers in the way of unhurry, you know? <laughs> like, like, we've been given a gift to learn how to take a chill pill, and they are the ones who can teach us. And the more that we can live into those things, um, the more we can release and be the cheerleader instead of like the taskmaster. Thanks. Okay. Another question. Hi, um, my name is Kenny Edlinger. I don't know why I'm having to read that off the card. Um, and I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area. And I have five children, and my youngest, Luke, is my bonus baby with the extra chromosome that I love so much. Um, I'm actually asking a super, super vulnerable question because it's embarrassing for me to admit that this is something that happens within my own family. So my question is this. How do I educate my family and encourage them not to use the R word? They don't call their little brother that, but they still use it as if it's a word to toss around. And it is such an issue that it just breaks my heart constantly. So I just need something that I can bring back to them to uh, encourage a, a deeper conversation. Oh, and my Instagram handle, sorry, Kinzai. I I'd like that that matters. <laughs> so people can follow along. Do you want me to take this for now? So I don't think there's an easy answer. I think it's an opportunity for bravery 
And you have to be intentional in pulling the people aside who are saying it in a, in a time where it's not right when it's being said and saying, this is, we don't say this word, this is why. Um, and just being like crystal clear and then, then see where the conversation takes you. I, w I think most people are pretty open to that. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. Or, oh, take it easy, lighten up. It's no big deal. You're making too much out of it. And you can say, you may think that, but this is why I feel this way. And this is derogatory. It's implying that my child with Down syndrome is a bad thing. It's implying negative things about a, a certain people group that my child has been clustered into. And this is personal now. Or however you want to word it. Like, whatever your convictions are saying that to them, and then as it is brought up, like reminding them, remember that conversation we had? Because people are in ha have bad habits, they have to get out of the habit. A lot of language is habit, but it is just, you have to, you just gotta call them out. And it's awkward and uncomfortable, but there's not any way around that, I don't think. I would add too, sorry, um, that I, because I think you were saying you're, it's, you're older, it's your older kids, mostly. Um, and I don't know if this is doable, or the age that they are, um, I just recently visited my 10-year-old's fifth grade class and um, talked about Down syndrome for Down Syndrome Awareness Month. And one of the things that I have started to do, I did it with his, when he was in fourth grade too, is have a conversation about the R word in the classroom. And the teachers have been pretty open to that. And I think that for my son, who you know, has just started, that's just a word that kids have started throwing around, fourth and fifth grade. Um, I think it's given him a lot of courage that um, he, I think, otherwise might have been scared to say to his friends, hey, that's not cool. But um, I think me standing in front of his class and saying, this is what it means to our family, um, when we hear that word, has also given him courage to say, yeah, that's, that's my conviction too, even though you know, he's not putting those words around it. But he'll tell me now, hey, that, like, these kids use the R word and we can talk about it. So, yeah. Any other thoughts? Um, uh, this is, might be a cheesy one, but it just I just want to say it because it came to me and I felt like I should say it because I feel like um, I don't have teen older teenagers or older kids, but I remember being a teenager, and I know sometimes when my mom would tell me something, it doesn't resonate. So, uh, and, so I would just encourage you, because I'm sure you're already doing it, pray for a change of heart and um, that that word becomes hurtful to your child and impactful to your child that they won't want to use it. Um, just keep praying. That's a hard one. Thank you. Maybe like get a taser and then every time. Every time he does it or she it, does it. Like just a quick little. There you go. I had thought there. about that. I because don't know. They are 23 and 19 years old. They yeah. know better. They've right. heard this since Luke was and it's born. Just it's just a change of heart. Yeah, they've got a change. change of, oh. Yeah, so. a, a change of a, habit and really, and though, heart. yeah, yeah a, a mind shift of um, it's not just a word, that there's true hurt behind that and there's feelings and they need to recognize other people's feelings, even if they don't think it's a bad word, you know? Thank you, guys. Yeah. Question. Next question. Hello. Um, thank you so far. I love this podcast, by the way. My name is Tara Reynolds. I'm from Syracuse, Utah. I do not have an Instagram handle. We'll have to pass that one. Uh, but my question for you, so I have four kids, and uh, my Grace is five, and she's my little sweetheart with Down syndrome. 
And she's just at that age where she is finally really wanting to relate with peers, but she can't. And so my question is, how do you help your kiddos with their peers and their playdates? How do you help them relate? Um, oh, do you want to go? No, no, no. Do you want to go? Okay. I like Sorry. I like a routine. Okay, I like a, I'm comfortable. I love that. a lot uh, order yeah, in life. Same. Like if we're going in, if there's question and answer, we're going in a circle. Everyone knows, so now we know. <laughs> we should have talked about that before. Um, <laughs> this is so 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 hard, and Mason's ten, and it has only gotten harder. And I don't have a lot of good answers. So, um, unfortunately, I have found that. 99% of the success of friendships for my daughter are on me making it happen, and that feels upsetting. And, and so I share about that with my friends and neighbors and on social media in hopes that people can change a little bit, and we've seen some really cool changes in our personal sphere. Um, so here's some tangibles. Like when we have a play date, I kind of set, I don't kind of, the first few play dates, I make things happen. We are baking cookies. We are, like things that Mason really doesn't even care about necessarily, but I know her friend will be into it. And I am like there, I am so fun. And if nothing else, that friend is coming back to play with me. Like I, we are gonna have a blast. And I am not the mom, like this is not my thing. I'm not excited. I would, I, for a play date, I'm like, you guys go have fun. I've got my own thing. So this is a stretch for me. But we're like, yeah, making cookies, setting up a craft. I do think Mason loves like dancing and I'm monitoring the whole thing. It's 30 minutes to an hour in and out initially as a relationship builds. Um, I think the key though, if you can, is the parent. And we've had some sweet friends at school who the friendship started prior to the parents. But the other friendships I have, I can say to my, to my friends, hey, when we're all together, your kid is leaving Mason out. Can we, work, can we work this out? Can we make a plan? You have to have a plan to have him be successful. Not forever, but like to in initiate those play dates. What's the plan that we can do? Um, my best friend is here, Lindsay, in the front. Give it up. And she, look at you, she has sunglasses, <laughs> girl. Her kids are older. And when we, we just recently moved to a new district, a new school, new friends, it's a whole thing. And it's heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking. But I was asking her, will you ask your girls who are 12 and 13? No, 11, yeah, 12 and 13. If they can think back, like what would they have needed? So we had this conversation, but it took me talking to Lindsay and Lindsay talking to her girls and then her girls coming back to me, her oldest saying, um, what if I do like a mentorship? Because it's not really appropriate for a 10 and a 12 year old to be friends necessarily when you're school age like that. And so they've got this sweet little ment mentorship or 13 happening, but that took me going to my own community and saying, hey, there's this, there is a deficit here with, in terms of friendship that you're not recognizing. I know you love my kids. Um, I need you to recognize this. And, and then it's their response, yes, and them recognizing it's their responsibility. But I think that that was, it took me having to say to the, I, it, we're constantly teaching, that's what we're doing once we have our kid with Down syndrome, right? Like we don't, that's what we're doing. Every place we step, if we're outside of our doors, or someone's inside our doors who's not a family member, like we're teaching people, we're teaching people. It's freaking exhausting, so you have to have respite, that's another question, but a whole other topic. But making sure that you, yeah, you have to just be intentional. Is that a little bit helpful, yeah. tiny bit? No, what do you think? Um, I, I feel the same. Um, Sunny is 
five, so we're doing more play dates and she's in a class. So then there's birthday parties and there's kids who've really sought her out for play dates. And so I kind of take the same approach as you, Heather. I, I become Sunflower's extension and <laughs> perform her. <laughs> and just that like middle person, and they're both five. So then I'm just like, you know, um, speech is uh, still a challenge for Sunny. So I'm keeping the conversation going and, and I'm doing a lot of like, uh, actually, if I don't want to be too involved, I try and set it up well. Sunny's really great at the park. So staying active for Sunflower on a play date is great. And it's a lot more side-by-side -side playing, but it's a good experience, it's a good time, and it's comfortable. So like you said, with co baking cookies, like having something prepared, I think is just setting up for success. And um, being that buffer when the communication becomes stagnant is just kind of the role um, that we have to take on excitingly. We'll have our Terry Brown voice. I do tell Andy sometimes at the end of the night, I'm like, I'm just tired of talking happy. <laughs> it's too hard to talk happy anymore. <laughs> I'm just monotone. Um, but I, I do find, I actually kind of like being liked by my kids' friends a lot, so it's fun for me. But um, I've noticed that having an activity with not a lot of verbal, like, going on is super successful for Sunflower. So I don't know if that... Like a movie date. Like uh, if your kiddo sits through a movie the whole time, a movie date would be awesome. Sunny would be um, up and down the aisles. Okay. She loves the dark and the stairs. So she like <laughs> thinks we've done movies twice and she kind of, yeah, or climbing over or tapping person's head. So a movie date for someone else. <laughs> up the park, jungle gyms, but yeah. I'll add to this, um, Ace is not old enough for Playdate, so I'm not there yet. But uh, if any of you listened to the episode last season, I interviewed my friend Malin about our relationship with Carrie, um, our friend who had Down syndrome and lived um, in our neighborhood. And I think what was not said in that interview was like the, like the unsung heroes were the moms, especially Carrie's mom, who um, her home was just open. We were there all the time. And so I know that that is a, um, like a particular kind of story, right? Like not everybody has neighborhood kids that can come over and play. But for me and Malin, we were welcome at Carrie's house. And her mom wasn't necessarily involved, but um, we, she was such a part of our everyday life that we felt comfortable we wanted to be with her. And a lot of that was her mom's. Um, hard work, you know, 1985, making sure that Carrie was welcome on the volleyball team and Carrie was in brownies with us and was playing softball. And um, she was just always present and it wasn't um, something where, where it was like this weird thing to go to her house. Mm -hmm. It was normal. Thank you for the question. This is, a, this is our last question. Hi, my name is Laura Yost. I am from Lexington, Kentucky. My Instagram handle is Laura E. Yost, Y-O-S-T. And um, I'm a mother of four. My youngest is a two-year-old named Scarlett, and she has Down syndrome. So here's my question. As we leave here with guns blazing, how do we use that energy to make a difference? 
What should we do and fight for in our communities as we go back home? Yes, that's a humongous question and a good one, girl. What do we do when we leave this place? Um, it, there's so many things we can do. Alan and Nikki talked a little bit about this, just sharing your story. So I think that I'm a storyteller and I think, I don't think, there, I know there is amazing power in a story um, and in relationship. Those two pieces have the power to change lives, to change narratives. And so that's something all of us can do. Every single person leaving this place has a story to tell and, and there's someone in your life that you can create a relationship with. So it's the kid at school, um, it's the mom, it's someone in your neighborhood, it's a family member, whoever it is that needs, that needs your kid, right? Like that needs our kid with Down syndrome in their life. And so we live in this day and age where there are a lot of options to tell your story in grand ways and we can't let that distract us um, because that's not what everyone's gonna do. And it is go into the spaces where you already are. I guarantee you everyone in this room is in a place where your sphere of influence, there are people who need to be influenced by you and your child and your story. And it just takes you being in a relationship with those people and sharing your story. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as being open to the rude person in line behind you who had that off-putting question and then being vulnerable in that space and polite and graceful. Um, and sharing about your child with that person who needs to hear that. So do that in your space and do it with authority. Um, don't, question, don't question your role in this narrative shifting. I know you say that a lot, but don't question that you have an important role in this and it's not gonna look the same as the person to your right and your left. It's gonna be your own unique journey but you've got to do it. Everyone in this room does, I think this, everyone in this room has a responsibility to leave this place and to shout the worth of our kids in whatever capacity that is for you. Mm -hmm. um, and you all have, you all have that around you, every person here. I love that. Um, I agree with Heather, um, and I do hope and feel that you guys will all leave super encouraged and amped, and I just, Pray that you take that encouragement and in those hard days, you remember that feeling of encouragement and you remember that feeling of being amped. And so that in those, un, um, those moments where you're caught off guard by someone asking a question, making a rude comment, um, someone not listening to the desires you have for your child, that yeah, you do, you find that feeling and in that moment you exercise your voice and um, your strength and knowing that we're all backing you and we're all doing the same thing and we're all working together. Yeah. I'll just add that um, we, we are lucky because our kids have turned the paradigm upside down for us. And, um, and in that paradigm, smallness is the biggest thing. Mm. And slowness is like the right speed, right? And so, so you, you go back to your sphere of influence, um, like they're saying, and, and like you don't need to start a new hashtag. You don't need a K next to the amount of followers you have. You, you need to start small, and you need to give your permission, yourself permission to start small, and that is, that's where the power is gonna come, mm -hmm. because we know 
that smallness is the secret. We can just embrace it, right? Hashtag smallness is a secret. We did start a new hashtag. Um, and we are going to take this moment, friends, to take a break to hear a little word from our sponsor. The Lucky Few Podcast is sponsored today by Little Passports, the perfect holiday gift for curious kids of all ages. Little Passports delivers fun-filled packages right to your door every month with engaging hands-on activities, interactive projects, and unique souvenirs just waiting to be discovered. The monthly subscriptions are designed to spark children's curiosity about geography, world cultures, or science. From exploring sea creatures in Costa Rica to building a Big Ben like the one in England, or making an ancient Greek headpiece, every month is a different adventure that will fuel their imagination and spark their natural curiosity of the world around them. My kids got the science expedition, and I spent a really sweet afternoon with my seven-year-old extracting the DNA of a strawberry, which I never knew you could do, and I learned a lot of things. Seriously, if you need some new creative ways to engage with your kids, this is it. The perfect gift for kids is ages 3 to 13 this holiday season. You can find special holiday offers and order today at littlepassports.com slash lucky. And we are back. We're so excited that you're here with us, listeners. And we are super excited to bring a friend up on stage with us, the other co-creator of the Dear Mom Conference, whoop, whoop. Amy Emma Radio. Come on up here, girl. <laughs> Amy is here with us, and she is here with us for our favorite and maybe the most important part of every episode of the Lucky Few podcast. And that is called? It's called Good News. It's called Good News. Good News. <laughs> I get the mic. Woo! Oh, yeah. Get it, Amy. Get it, Amy. I love it. I can't get up or I might not be. It's such a fun song. You just want to dance yeah, to it. Yeah, it's a good one. Okay. Yeah, welcome, Amy, to Thank the couch, you. to the Good News Couch. So happy to be on the Good News Couch. <laughs> okay, okay. So let us remind our listeners and the audience about what Good News is. We feel like there are so few spaces where we get to celebrate the successes of our loved ones with Down syndrome in a place where people really understand. Um, because maybe if we shared our Good News with, um, with a friend who doesn't know what it's like to, to have a child with Down syndrome, they, they might not know the depth of, of joy that we are feeling over this success. So every week, we invite our listeners to share their good news with us. They text it in or call. We really love it when people call. Just, I'm winking. I'm winking. Please. Um, and 
We love to hear your stories. So um, what we are going to get to do is hear a good news and maybe a little bit about Amy. Oh. Amy's going to kick us off with a good news, and then we're going to hear some good news from our audience today. So take it away, Amy. Hey, well, thank you again for having me. I'm so happy to be on the podcast today. This is so special. Um, so yeah, I have some great news about Rocco. Um, and, you know, I can get a little emotional about this because we've been working on this for a while. Um, I don't want to cry. But it is. It's great news. Well, it's good news. Yeah, great and good news. Um, so the other day we went to the playground. And um, I've had a little fear for a while of uh, taking Rocco to the playground just because he just um, physically um, has not been there, you know, where he could keep up with the other kids. And, um, you know, we've been working small with, like, stairs and the the biggest thing was working on the, um, going up the bus stairs and going down the bus stairs and um, and you know that was a huge accomplishment and as far as like with the playground you know I always hoped that he could you know go up the stairs to the playground and go down and be able to go down the slide just like all the other kids and, and yeah, and we went to the playground the other day, and he was able to go up the stairs and go down the slide and go back up the stairs, and then he went down the stairs, and um, gosh, it just made me feel so good. It just, it's just good news. And good news. Yes. I love that. Woo. <laughs> that is a big one. Yes, it, it is. It just, I, I, I was one proud mommy at that playground, and I had a huge smile from just ear to ear, and it was just a beautiful moment. My good news. That's awesome. Great. Um, my name's Kelly Blankenship. I'm also from Lexington, Kentucky. Um, so this conference led to me flying for the first time in 12 years, and it wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for my son. He teaches me to be brave all the time and inspires me on a daily basis. And then to top that off, I had to come all the way to Utah, Utah, sorry, Utah, um, uh, to hear him this morning say mama very loudly and very clearly on the phone. So um, couldn't give him a big hug, but I will when I get back. So good news. Good news. Hi, I'm Brittany Hebert, and I'm from Canada. Um, my good news is about my son, Finley, who's nine years old. Uh, he started drawing people and characters, especially VeggieTales. He loves Larry Boy. <laughs> uh, he is so proud of himself, and so are we. So find Finley on my Instagram at Brito Hebert. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jennifer Mitchell. I'm from Eagle Mountain, Utah. And um, my son, Brighton, independently wrote his name for the first time the other day. And oh. I was literally glowing and beaming and cheering. And it was probably the best feeling ever. So really that was that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Carly Scalora. I'm from Orem, Utah, just up the street, actually. Uh, my son, Calvin, is two, and, or almost two, and he has Down syndrome. My good news is that after showing zero interest in his reverse walker, he finally picked it up, loves it, can't get enough of it, totally taken off with it. I am running after him. Yay! So, yay. Hi, 
My name is Pam. I'm from Highland, Utah. I'm mom to Jaron and Jazzy, ages 38 and 25. And my good news today is about Jazzy. Jazzy is a type 1 diabetic and she also has celiacs and she's, she was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes about 15 years ago and it felt like a death sentence to me and it is a horrible disease and we pray for a cure every day. But she has learned to almost totally manage her own diabetes. She's about 90% totally independent, which is amazing. And she can look up, and with celiacs too, she can look up on her phone and she came home from Halloween and said, Kit Kats aren't gluten-free, but <laughs> Snickers are, and just had the whole thing. And she'll look up how many carbs is in something so that she knows how many units of insulin to take. And she's just a rock star. And I didn't think I would survive it 15 years ago, and she's just a warrior with it. I'm super proud of her. Um, <laughs> I'm not on Instagram, but Miss Jazzy is, and for a good time, follow Downright Jazzy. Yes, everyone, everyone get out your phones, you gotta follow Jazzy. That is amazing. Thank you, all of you, for sharing your good news. Let's keep it up. Share some good news with your neighbor, with your spouse, with your friend. Just let's keep sharing all that good news and celebrating the big and the little things that our kids are doing every single day. Let's give it up for good news one more time. All right, friends, this is the part of the podcast. Every week I say this, and every week I say I'm going to say this, that I'm so sad it's coming to an end because we just want to talk forever. But we got to wrap things up. And this has been the best day. Again, such an honor and a privilege to get to have this live recording with all of you, our dear sisters and friends in the audience, and a couple brothers, and with Dear Mom Conference here. Um, and I think at the end, we're all just going to hug. If we can just all gather together and hug as much as we can, that will be helpful for me and Mercedes and Micah and Amy. Um, but first, I just want to say to you guys what Mercedes said to herself in her letter. Let's remember this, that you, dear friend, are the perfect mother, dear listener, the perfect grandmother or grandfather or caretaker for your child with Down syndrome. So hold tight, friends. The challenges pull us back, and it can hurt but then we are just going to shoot forward. So friends, shoot on. And we want to, so good. We want to um, give a big thanks as always to our editor and producer, Andy Laura back there. Andy, Andy Laura in. Also to these two beauties next to me, Amy and Mercedes, thanks for putting together this amazing event, for inviting all of us to be part of it. And um, to all of our friends out here in Orem, Utah, and all of you at home listening, don't forget to share the Lucky Few podcast with a friend. Subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And also, shoot up. Shoot up. I mean, not that way. <laughs> Shoot upward. Upward. Let the, you gotta put the word, the word part, like the ward after. And shoot upward. Shoot 
Upwards. <laughs> we edit this, we leave it, we leave it. Shoot upward. upward. <laughs> and we'll see you next week on the Lucky View Podcast. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Lucky Few Podcast. Review our show on iTunes and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all social media at The Lucky Few Pod. Subscribe on our website for ongoing updates at theluckyfewpodcast.com. Tell us about your good news by leaving us a voicemail or text at 424-442-9147. Our show is edited and produced by Andy Lara at andylikeswords.com. See you next time.